Today I want to talk about fear. There are so many different types of fear, but what I want to speak to mainly is our emotional fears, our fears that stem from our belief systems, and I want to talk about the energy of fear as well. So there, there's, a, there's a nuance within all of this, but it's a really important topic because it is the very thing that can keep us from what we want. It can keep us from growth. It can keep us from evolving. It can keep us from ascending and really evolving, not just as humans, but also as souls. And there's a whole frequency around fear that is really important to understand and to understand the effects that it has on us and our reality. So there's a lot to dive into, and that's what we're going to look at today. This is Corinne Bloom, and you're listening to Raw Conversations. When I began doing this work as a as a coach or a guide, as I prefer to call myself, I, I realized very early on that fear was something to be embraced. It wasn't something to be transcended or circumvented or even getting over it. It was the, the pathway back home. Like the only way to get back home is to move through the fear. The only way out is through. And that became very clear as I was, it was actually a very intuitive process to connect to the inner child and um, to create a pathway back to that part of us, which is really accessing our wounds and accessing where all of our limiting belief systems, where they stem from. And the false identity, you could say, it's really kind of going back to the core. But normally what stops us from getting, returning back home, which is really returning to who you truly are, which I call the authentic self, but it's really returning to who you truly are and who you've always been, that is worthy, that is lovable, that is significant, and it's, it's connecting to the part that you truly are as a human being before you started to make up a story of who you think you are or who you should be. But it's also connecting to the essence of who you are. And the, the way that I, the word that I use for that is your soul. That's who we really, truly, truly are. <laughs> but the only, what stops us from returning home is because we don't like to look at our fear. We don't like to look at our pain. We don't want to go into the discomfort because it's uncomfortable, right? But if we do not move through fear, and if we don't recognize that fear is simply a part of us that is just scared, that needs our loving attention, that's why it needs to be embraced. It's not a scary monster. It's the little child within you. And that part really deserves love and gentleness and compassion and presence so that it doesn't feel alone. But we get caught in fear as something that's bad, that's 
uncomfortable and painful and scary. And so therefore I want to ignore it or reject it or neglect it or basically put it away, get rid of it. I hear that so often. How do I get rid of this part of me, right? When it comes to fear, there is essentially no getting rid of. There's only tending to, nurturing, taking care of. Because if you try to get rid of how you're feeling, you're essentially um, abandoning and rejecting yourself. That's what's happening. Anytime you go, I don't like this part and I want to get rid of it, you're pushing a part of yourself away from yourself. But the thing is, there is no way, right? So you're just pushing it up or pushing it down more likely into your being and into your body. And that's why they say if you do this too much, then, you know, it will come out through illness or through injury. It will find a way to get your attention eventually. And the quickest route is just to love it, right? But it's so interesting that that's really hard for us as human beings is to just love these parts that we don't like, that we find uncomfortable, that we find shameful or ugly or whatever the judgment is around it. And that, that's all it is. It's just a judgment because our experience is just our experience. We come with a set of emotions. That's what being human is. It's just our society that liked to tell us that some emotions are good and some emotions are bad. And therefore, there's the judgment, and there's the division, and there's the duality. And we live in a very dualistic realm. Now, so as I was saying in the beginning, there's, well, there's primal fear, primal instinctual fear, right? Which is important because it's there to take care of us and make sure we stay alive as a human being. Emotional fear is much more ambiguous in a way because we can't always see it or point to it. And even sometimes in the beginning, before you've done the work to bring self-awareness to your feelings and your emotions emotions and the sensation in your body, it, it can be even hard to just feel. So it's more complicated because you can't point to it like a physical pain and go, ouch. You can't even point to it in an instinctual way that goes, I've got a pit in my stomach right now. I've got a knot in my stomach right now. I can feel it. I can feel the anxiety that's rising in my chest. I can feel my heart beating and pulsing fast, right? Emotional fear is, it is all of those things as well. However, it's normally a little bit more ambiguous because we have to kind of do a little bit of the digging and the research to understand where is it coming from and why is it there. Energetic fear, <laughs> you might be like, well, what's the difference? Energetic fear, which is when we're going into frequency, is about a, um, how do I describe this? Imagine it, this analogy kind of gets used a lot. It's like a, it's like a radio station. Back in the day when you used to have an antenna and like switch radio stations like that, right? <laughs> You can either be in a low frequency, which is going to be very dense and it's going to be very static. There's a lot of interference and fear in that, on that channel, let's call it, is very much a just, just about survival and basic, yeah, basic 
survival and instinct. And it really triggers the primal part of the brain, the reptilian part of the brain. Again, our instinct is is there for a reason to keep us alive. But when we stay in that state, that frequency for too long, our nervous system is going to get shot. And if you look at the world and what's been going on for the last three, four years, especially because it's been so concentrated, meaning like it's so much going on in a very condensed period of time. A lot of people's nervous system is completely shot because it's one one trigger after another trigger after another trigger after another trigger that's keeping people in a state of fear. State of fear or state of um, anger or hatred because it stems from a place of fear. And then the division comes in and all of these things are really so detrimental to our nervous system and our being because our nervous system and our being needs connection, needs the feeling of safety, which comes not out of division. It doesn't come out of righteousness. It comes out of unity, harmony, peace, love, compassion, kindness. So there's so much in our society that is really unhealthy, that is creating the exact opposite. And so a lot of people are functioning from fight or flight mode almost on a daily basis. And fight or flight is meant to just get you out of a situation and then you come back into resting position. And like animals do, they shake it off. They shake off the fear. They shake off the anxiety and adrenaline. Humans don't. We store it. Again, then that's how it comes through our, has to come out of our body at some point. And if we don't do things like the internal work or physical work or breath work to move through it, then we store it and it will find a way out in in not so nice, not such a nice way. (laughs) So then what happens is when we're in this basic kind of instinctual fear, but it's, it's just prolonged, there's no end to it. It just keeps on going. It starts to rise up into our emotional body as well. And especially if there's the judgment of certain ways of being are good and certain ways are bad. Certain emotions are good, certain emotions are bad. It, the, the, the judgment comes in along with that instinctual primal fear. And now your own emotions are something that are scary for you to approach and to deal with. And so even your emotional fear is looping back and kicking you into kind of a, what feels like a primal instinctual fear reaction. I hope you're, I hope you're with me still so far. But the way to work with all of this, I know you've heard me say it so many times, but we've got to connect to our heart. We're in a very mentally based culture and the mind is really good at conjuring up unnecessary, untrue, and unreal fear. It goes into the projection of what could be, what if, what would happen if, right? And the thing is, all we have is right now. All we have is this now moment. Whenever we go into the story of something, we create more suffering, Because all the what-ifs and all the worst-case scenarios trigger an emotional response in this moment, but it's not actually happening in reality, right? So fear and the mind are very, very powerful and potent and can be very detrimental. 
So on a frequency level, if we're kind of on this low channel where we're just pumping fear, we're ingesting fear, right? If you watch the news, if you listen to the news, if you read the paper, if you, you are ingesting fear into your body and into your consciousness every day, it's like putting junk food into your body and it's going to keep you in that low density and it's going to keep you in fight or flight mode. And then it's very hard to connect to your inner child and really do the inner work. It's also very hard to ascend because it's keeping you like a stone that keeps a kite from flying in the, in the air. It keeps you down in a lower density and, and very much like tunnel vision. And so it's really hard to ascend. And the thing is, is that there's a natural movement and momentum to want to grow, evolve, and ascend. There always has been, but now more than ever, there really is a lot of momentum to go into that direction because that's ultimately the liberation of humanity right now and the liberation of us as individuals. Returning to love is going to be the happiness and the peace that you're looking for. And as I always like to look at, it's the micro and the macro, the individual and the collective. They're, they aren't different. They can't be separate from each other. So to come up into a different channel and to come up into a, a, a higher frequency where you don't have to be run by fear. And part of that is using discernment. And part of that is you're going to have to turn off the volume of the fear channel that's out there. It's a big channel, right? <laughs> it's society's favorite channel is fear. So if you want to choose a different channel, the, the absolute focus, like the bullseye point that you're looking towards is your heart. And it really is that simple. So when you're feeling fear, anxiety, overwhelm, stress, whatever the uncomfortable feeling is, if you close your eyes and you put your hand on your heart and you tune into your heart, your heart, now they scientifically have the statistic, the proof for this, your heart's vibration is immense. It is so powerful. And it can hold so, so very much. So when you just connect into your, your heart and you breathe into it and you connect to the energy of it, you can feel it actually pulsating and you can feel like the, ener the, the, the field that it creates is, I forget what the actual uh, distance that they say it is, but you know, there's so many um, uh, studies that have shown the effect of people, you know, couples being in different buildings. They're both connected to the machines and just the thought, the thought that they can send to each other registers on the machine. So you could say, you know, who knows how far it goes, right? It's infinite. So when you connect to that energy, you know that you're connecting to like a superpower, in, in, uh, when I had a Buddhist practice, the meditation of metta, of loving kindness, is, is such a good example of that because you begin with yourself sending loving compassion and kindness to yourself and then to those that you love and then to just friends, you know, acquaintances, 
to the greater whole, you know, to, to the world at large, and then even to like your quote unquote enemies, the people you don't like, and it just comes out in concentric circles. And it's really amazing to feel the expansion of your energy and of that heart vibration as you go through each layer, always beginning with yourself. You put on the mask first, remember? Like when the plane, if it doesn't, if there's no oxygen, you put on your oxygen mask first and then you put it on somebody else, right? You have to feed yourself. You have to fill your own well, and then you will have an abundance to be able to give to others. So it always begins within. If you can come back to heart, that's how you're going to be able to embrace your fear. You need to see it as fear is not something that you need to get rid of or figure out or transcend or circumvent. What it is, is your heart and the true essence of your being, which is love, sits there and opens its arms and goes, come and sit in my lap. Let me hold you. Let me love you. So... Sometimes it's hard to go directly to love. You have a fear and you go, I don't like this. This is really uncomfortable. I, you can feel maybe the, the want to go into distraction mode, to get busy, watch something, do something, you know, go, go out and meet people. Um, even if it's something that could potentially be good for you, you know, Go to a workshop, go to the gym, go to... But if you haven't actually stopped and just stayed and sat with it, all of those things will be an element of distraction. So sometimes the, the, the easiest way to just kind of break through that a little bit, break the ice, so to speak, is to ask the question, can it be okay? Can what I'm feeling right now be okay? And I know I've said this in the past, but I'll repeat it again. Can it be okay? And even if the answer is no, it's not okay. I don't feel okay with this at all. Then you come back and you say, okay, can that be okay? And what this does is it just softens whatever you're experiencing enough for you to just stay with it a little bit longer. You take a breath. Okay, can this be okay? Because what that drops you into is acceptance, the allowing of this is what is here right now. No judgment, no getting rid of. Can I just allow it to be okay? Is there anything wrong with it? Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Do I like it? No. Can it be okay? It kind of needs to be okay, right? Because if it's not okay, then what you're dealing with is resistance and resistance creates suffering. And then ultimately, if you see that you're, the part of you that is afraid is just simply a part of you that needs loving attention, see it as a child if that makes it more endearing. <laughs> because most of the time, that's what it is. And again, if it's helpful, think about if you are in a state of fear or anxiety or overwhelm or sadness or pain, what would you want your partner or your friends, or your family to do, probably you would want a hug from them. Probably you would want to hear them say, hey, it's okay, you're not alone, I'm with you, I love you, it's all going to be okay. Again, why would it be any different with how we relate to ourselves and our inner world? Often the way that we treat ourselves, if somebody outside of us treated us like that, we would be so offended, or shocked, or hurt. So remember that. How would I want to be treated by someone else? 
And then can you treat yourself like that? Again, I know we're going into ambiguous territory. It's easier to relate to the external. But you've got to see that the internal is also, it's like the Russian dolls, right? It's still very real. You might not see it when you see the first big doll, but as you open up one, you see there's another one. You open that one, there's another one. You open that one, there's another one. We're no different. We have all of these different parts within us and we have to move through each layer, hold them, love them, accept them, embrace them include them, then they get to transform because they get to, you get to let go of whatever that layer was. You get to let go of that fear. You get to let go of that anxiety or worry or limiting belief because the, the elixir that healed it was your own love. And that's why embracing your fear is the key word. First, we have to face it. We have to look at it. We have to look at it. Otherwise, it will become the shadow in the night that hunts you down for the rest of your life. You've got to face and look at it. This comes up if you do any kind of plant medicine. Your fears will come up and they will not go away until you face them and you recognize they're not as scary as you think. They're just a part of you that needs your love. And then poof, it disappears. It's really remarkable. I was listening to a man called Darius, uh, is it Darius J. Wright, I think is his full name. He um, has had out-of-body experiences since he was a child. And he describes out-of-body experiences as basically like a near-death experience. But what he's learned over his lifetime is uh, he has a technique now, which he teaches people, and um, he, he lear- he's learned how to have an out-of-body experience, but in a controlled manner, right? So you're consciously doing this practice, this technique. And it's really fascinating because, you know, it makes complete sense to me based on the work that I've done with the emotions, is he said, you have to face your fear. You have to face your fear first, which is first and foremost, your fear of death. And we've been educated in a really poor way as to what death is. We have made death such a terrible thing that all we focus on in life is how to not die. And yet it's so ironic because the only inevitable thing that will happen in all of our lives, the only thing that is absolutely inevitable is that we will die. (laughs) But when you look at it from the perspective of the soul, death isn't death. It's the death of this body, of this avatar. But it's, it's actually a returning back home. The other side is returning back home. And what is so amazing is he talks about how a lot of these people that are now, you know, have had out-of-body experiences and that are, are also using this technique, which he says, um, oh, awakening your dormant abilities, Ada or Ida. That's what he calls it, because it's like we have these abilities, they're just dormant. But what each of these people say when they have this experience is that the other side of the veil feels so much more real, so much more physical. This feels like the dream. So I know this gets quite esoteric and you have to be interested enough in it to go do the research, but it's, it's really fascinating. But to bring it back to the point of fears, he said he had to really face his fears, his face, uh, sorry, his fear of death. 
And then whatever fears that came out of his belief system and what he was describing is that when you, when you pass, you still have to face those fears before you can go back home. And to me, this makes 1 million percent sense because it's the same thing when you're doing the inner work. If you want to return home to yourself, which is returning to your true essence, not the beliefs of who you think you are. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Something is wrong with me. I'm not lovable. People abandon me. People reject me. I'm flawed. I'm imperfect. All of these things are just simply belief systems. They're not who you truly are. Who you truly are is this magnificent energy, spirit, consciousness, soul, God, whatever you want to call it, love. You are that. We are all that. And if you want to return back to that, you have to go through the layers and the biggest door that can either block you or be the portal that will bring you back home is your fear. And we all have to move through it. So he talks about how you have to face your fear and then you have to learn how to control your emotions. I wish there was a different word for control because I think it has such a negative connotation. How I see it as how to be with your emotions, how to work with them how to understand the language of your emotions so that you can use your emotions in a very skilled and wise way. They become your own personal language, which is amazing. And it's all to better understand yourself, but also to understand other people better. Because when you get really in tune with your emotions, you get really in tune with your intuition and your instincts. And when you're in tune with your intuition and your instincts, you can pick up on other people, how they feel, what is their energy like, and then you recognize that we are so much more than just this dense body, right? And, and then things actually get very magical. I, I actually really believe that humanity has been devolving because I personally believe that, you know, we used to have incredible powers and abilities, you know, telepathy. Um, all I mean, I'm, I won't go into it, but so many things. And this is why Darius uses the term awakening your dormant abilities. They're all already there within us. They're just dormant. Um, so what he's talking about that happens when you leave the physical body, I would say is exactly the same process that happens when you're going into your internal body. You know, and it's kind of interesting because you could say like when you're having an out-of-body experience, you're, you're going and exploring kind of the universe around you. And we're so curious about, somebody was even saying this is a slightly different topic, but it's the same analogy that I want to use. Um, somebody was saying that we have explored space so much, right? As humans, really interested in space, the external world. Let's explore the world. Let's explore space. But he was talking about that there's very little research done on the deep ocean. And to me, the deep ocean is your deep internal world, your inner verse. And, and guess what? It's very dark in there at first, right? We can't see it. We have to go so deep. But then what's amazing is that the deeper you go, the more that you go into the darkness, that's where you find the light. So here we are again, if you're wanting to reach for enlightenment, if you're wanting to reach happiness and joy and um, peace, which let's call that the light, 
The only way you're going to find the light is by walking through the dark. Somebody also was saying this if you follow, you know, God or the Bible. You know, he said, let there be light. Light had to come out of darkness. And I can say for myself that when I have walked through the shadow of my being, that is when I have found my light, my true light, the essence of who I am. And it's so beautiful when we think of the soul, it's like a ball of light. It's a golden ball of light. If you do not walk through the shadow and into the darkness and into the unknown, you won't ever really feel at home within yourself. So that's why, again, embracing is so important because embracing can hold everything and that is coming in. And it creates that feeling of safety that even though I'm stepping into the dark, even though I'm walking through the shadow, even though these things scare me and and they hurt me and they feel uncomfortable and they feel painful, the embracing is it's all okay. It's the container of love that creates the safety to then have the courage to go in and do the work because it does take courage. But it's much scarier in the mind than it is when you actually face it, sit with it and love it because what happens most often, most all of the time is there's relief. Now, why is it so important to do this right now, especially in these times? Because there is such a tsunami of fear-induced drama that is going on in the world, that is being perpetuated. And if you pay attention, you can see where it's coming from. And if you dig a little bit deeper, you can find out really where it's coming from and why it's coming from there. But I'm not going to go into that today. But our job right now, if you want to find peace, if you want to find joy and happiness and harmony, both within yourself and within the greater collective humanity, we've got to face the fear but not feed it. Not feed the drama, not collude with the story and the narrative. And again, this goes for the external world and the internal world. If you collude with your narrative, you're going to keep yourself in that perpetual cycle of suffering. You're going to keep yourself in the loop of your limited beliefs, which means you keep yourself in your wounding. You could say this is like the karmic cycle that they talk about, right? You keep yourself in that loop, in that cycle. To be able to come out of that, you have to recognize it's a story. It's, it's an, an illusion, ultimately. And the only thing that is going to transmute it is, and the only way to come out of fear and to rise up on those channels, that radio channel of frequency, is you need to come back to heart and into the state and frequency of love. And then fear doesn't have the same grip. That kind of low density fear only has a grip if you buy into it and you believe it and believe that you can be controlled by it. Fear has, what Darius was explaining is, is fear is one of the tactics to be able to control the soul because ultimately the soul is uncontrollable. Nobody can control the essence of who you are. They can try and control your mind. 
they can try and control your human body. They cannot control your soul. So that's why, like, if you're feeding the fear right now and you're feeding that into your consciousness, go on a diet. (laughs) Go on a fear diet and don't ingest that crap anymore. And when it comes to the fear that you're experiencing within yourself, love the shit out of it. Love it. Because that's what's going to transmute it. And if you can find the courage to move through that, to move through your shadow and the darkness and love all of the little bits that you come across, all of the things that were like the monster under your bed or in the closet, if you can go through all of that and sift through it and clean your inner house and love it, that's, that's, the, that's the magic hoover. <laughs> you love all parts, every single corner of your being, all of it. I guarantee you, you will come back home and you will feel finally the peace and the love and the expansion and the, I don't like the word enlightenment, but if you want to use that word, the enlightenment that you're seeking. So I hope that this has been interesting at the very least. I understand that might have gone a little bit esoteric, but on a practical level, it literally is just Find the courage, which means you might need support, but find the courage to face your fear and then embrace it, hold it, stay with it as if it were a scared child that just needs to be in your lap, in in your arms. Recognizing that who you are is okay, who you are is enough. Who you are is lovable and worthy and significant. Who you are is love itself. This is a remembering. Coming back home is remembering who we are and who we've always been. And we've just got to walk through the muck a little bit. There's a lot of cleaning up to do. So I invite you to even just set the intention, can I face and embrace my fears rather than running away from them, rather than distracting, rather than numbing, also rather than colluding with them and just perpetuating them further to keep me in this loop of suffering. Can I shift it all and make a different choice and do it differently and look at my fear as something that needs to be embraced and loved and held? And then it will naturally transmute. It will naturally happen. You don't even need to do that part. You just need to love it and the rest will take care of itself. And you keep on going deeper and deeper and deeper into yourself, going through every single layer doing that. This is what's going to change the world. It's going to change your state of being and it's what's going to change the world. And if you want to see a better world and a more healthy planet and a more healthy human collective, this is, this is a very, very good way of doing that. Again, I don't claim to have the one right way, but... There's a reason why so many, you know, incredible teachers, shall we call them, along the human history path have preached about love. That's home. That's where we're returning to. And as we do that, we naturally lift the frequency of ourselves 
as a, as a collective and of the planet. And that's what we're moving through right now. We're moving from these dense energies into these higher frequencies. And as we do that, you will see that life will become easier, more fluid, less scary, more magical, more beautiful, more connected. And don't we all want that? So part of it is like, are we willing to let go of the narrative, even though it's familiar? Are we willing to let go of it? And there's an identity in that. I spoke about this last week. There's an identity in that that we're going to have to let die. But remember, death is not the end. It's the beginning of, of something else. So death is actually a beautiful transition and transformation. Yes, you have to let go of an avatar. You have to let go of an identity. You have to shed the skin. You have to let go of a former self. You have to let go of a former reality. That's okay. Let it go. It doesn't serve you anymore. Let it go. We hold on to things way too much. Let it go. Be like the, the Japanese, um, I forget her name, the Japanese organizer house cleaner that says hold an object and see if it still gives you energy. And if it doesn't, let it go, throw it away, give it away, right? It's no different with our various identities and belief systems. If they're not serving you anymore, if they're not giving you the energy that you need and want, let it go. If you want to move into connection and joy and happiness and love and peace, let it go and allow yourself to rise up. It will happen naturally. We know how to do this. We know how to do this. So it's been a long one. I'm going to leave it at that. Of course, it could be continued for uh, forever. <laughs> but let it be a point of contemplation. Even if there are parts where like, you don't agree with or you don't know or it's confusing, just sit with it. Contemplate it. What are your thoughts around it? Journal. Do some research. Talk to, talk to a friend. Let it be an opening. Let it be a doorway. Don't let the door be shut and locked. Open it and see what's through and on the other side of it. It's infinite possibility and it's so amazing when we walk through that door. Anyway, take it or leave it as feels right for you as always and loving you from afar. You've been listening to Raw Conversations with Corinne Bloom. Thanks so much for showing up, listening in, and being a part of the conversation with me. Thank you.